Hello, welcome to Fan Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Fancast presented by Blog Talk Radio. Um, I'm Mason Bales here filling in for your host today with the Phillies splitting the series against the Tigers and taking two or three from the Nationals. I'll look into Gabe Kapler's bullpen management and Bryce Harper's uh, recent success. Looking into the season, 
you couldn't expect Aaron Nola to do the same exact things, um, being that Cy Young candidate. But you definitely look at it and you start seeing, hey, can he improve as a player um, and get back to that strength? Because this is obviously a time where he's going to struggle. Aaron Nola is not going to be um, a perfect pitcher every time out. And we're looking at, you know, you look across the MLB right now, no pitcher is perfect. And obviously there's been some that are doing better than others, but we look at the league and obviously there was some ball um, management, obviously that we kind of, you can read about um, later, but the Phillies and Aaron Nola really got to keep moving forward because if the Phillies are going to add another ace um, in the middle of the year um, at the trade deadline, they're going to have to, and, and you have to emphasize this, but they're going to have to have um, 100% Aaron Nola to make a playoff push or even go deeper in the playoffs um, as they can see, because you look at this um, starting lineup right now, and obviously I mentioned Velasquez, but you look at this team and you got Arietta, you got Eflin, and you got um, and you got other players in there. So you're looking at this team, and, um, excuse me, Eikhoff, um, you have pitchers that were putting out results, and you need your ace, and if the Phillies, again, like I mentioned, if able to add another one, that's going to be huge for them moving forward. Um, and if, that, if those two things work out, this team could be scary. And as we saw, the Detroit Tigers series, two games, um, it was a short series at home. This team usually plays better at home. They did drop the first game, bounce back to second, which really has been my whole summary on this team, that you know when they lost, they come back strong, which is, I think, definitely a big trademark in this team. And moving forward, that's going to be huge for their ability to win games because you're not going to win everything. But if they can come back and play like they're going to win, they can win a lot of games this year. Um, and then we move into the Nats series. Obviously, that's also at home. And there was a couple games where you kind of were wondering if they were even going to get playing in. Obviously, Philadelphia, there were some storms coming in. But you look at game um, one in that series, Eikhoff had a, a really a phenomenal game. And I can't, you know, phenomenal obviously means different things for different players. But for him, as the, if it's your fifth starter in your lineup, only letting up uh, two runs in that game, that's, that's a huge amount for your player to come in. The Phillies won that game 4-2. And, again, some more offensive connection coming in. Um, we look at that series, and, you know, Eikhoff, um is improving. And, obviously, you're going to look at that game. And, obviously, we had some questions on why they took him out so early, um, only through five innings. You know, obviously, this was a player who couldn't – who didn't play last year. I mean, that's a huge – we kind of understated that, I think, coming into the season. You know, he couldn't even – you know, there were times where he couldn't even type on a uh, computer. That's how bad his arm was. Um, heading into this um, last season. So I think, you know, Gabe being able to manage his pitchers and understanding, hey, I know you can go more this day, but you know what? We need you to stay consistent um, and push you through the season instead of just going all in on one game. And I think that definitely speaks of volumes about Gabe. Um, and he had, a, I think, you know, managing Eikhoff in that game was huge for him. And obviously the bullpen came in and did their job, which was not the case in game two. Um, in either bullpen, the Nats and the Phillies, um, both of them, I mean, you can look at this and this NFC in general. I mean, if Ken, if Craig Kimball doesn't have a job going later in the season, um, the NL East, anyone, any team really could use a player like him. Um, and obviously, I don't know again with the Phillies, but you're going to look at this game. The Phillies lost 10-8 in terrible fashion. Um, the Phillies obviously scored um, seven runs in the bottom of the seventh inning. Um, and then they let up with Adam Pat Nisha coming into the game, then having him um, get on some base runners, and then eventually Adam Morgan letting up back-to-back home runs, a three-run home run, and then a solo home run. 
was questionable management by um, Gabe Kapler, definitely. If you look at that, um, it was Pat Neshek going up against, um, I believe, a right-handed hitter, um, and then, uh, or excuse me, left-handed hitter. Um, and then Adam Morgan, obviously, who started to struggle against um, those kind of batters. Um, you look at that game and you kind of start looking at it and seeing, you know, was that the right decision to keep um, or bring in Morgan, who has been, obviously, he was he let up no earned runs the entire season. Um, was it the right decision to bring in Nesh, uh, Nishak um, or take out Nishak in a case and then put in Morgan to kind of bring that um, – kind of keep that game level but what happens is that the Phillies let up runs and then when they did um, they lost the game. I'm back to that um, and it brings up the point when the Phillies lose they do lose and you look at the losses this year it, none of them are you know close games where they fight back and the majority of the games they lose they are coming back and losing but if you want to look at game three of that national series um, with Zach Eflin coming in um, coming in and doing things that Honestly, I don't think any of us expected coming into the season um, only letting up uh, – going a complete game, only letting up one run. Um, you know, it, it – um, excuse me, not the complete game. Um, he only let one run in the entire game. Uh, the Phillies uh, winning 7-1. Uh, you look at this team, and obviously the bounce-back game from 10-8 to now 7-1, uh, the team, again, bounces back constantly. You know, when they are down, they come back, and they bounce back stronger than they usually do. Um, and again, I think Zach Eflin um, is proving to everyone, I think, that he is a he is a pitcher for the future. I think, and we'll see how obviously the season goes from here. But you look at this team, and you have to point out Zach Eflin as one of the brightest spots that we're looking at so far, um, moving and moving forward with this team. It brings up the argument that does Eflin maybe move up in the um, order? You know, if I call for if Velasquez, as I mentioned, starts to continue to struggle. Obviously, Velasquez is behind him, but do you maybe slide whenever at the All-Star break, do you slide um, Ike off to four and then bring up um, Eflin to two or three? I mean, obviously, those kind of questions are going to be um, huge coming forward. And obviously, we look at um, we looked at last week um, kind of who could the Phillies bring in. Um, and Madison Bumgarner really, I mean, adding him to that team with the Phillies right now, I mean, that that's a nasty lineup. Um the Phillies right now, and I think it's a much better lineup than maybe a lot of people expected going into the season. Obviously, it was a weakness um, coming in, but with the improvements of Arietta so far, and obviously Zach Eflin, you know, this team has progressed forward overall, and I think that's something that they definitely are um, setting up for the future. And obviously, we're going to touch in a little bit on last night's game, uh, getting a start, letting up. Um, four earned runs and so far so far the uh Velasquez again going in and going um going in and or excuse me three earned runs um Velasquez only goes in and then I think obviously there was a story a little bit about Eflin and um or excuse me Velasquez was kind of not trusting Arietta to the um excuse me again um JT Realmuto to the fullest and as the catcher obviously there were some plate uh, placement issues but if Velasquez again the ability for him to go deep into games is going to be a difference for him staying in the lineup or him being shipped off or bringing op- option back down to AAA. You know, we saw him um, dominant. There were some good starts, especially against the Marlins in the early season. Um, but if he's not able to go deeper in the season, question, hey, does he go into the bullpen? Because if, if you add him to the bullpen, you then slide someone else down. He gives you a lot of options. And, again, um, 
David Kaplan's going to have a lot of op- um, decisions to make, obviously, as the season moves forward. Um, let's, we're going to quickly look into kind of the offense, um, how they played um, through this performance. Obviously, we just touched on the pitchers, but the Phillies, um, obviously, they had two runs um, in the Nats series in the first game with Eikhoff, but you want to look at, and if you look, right, the Phillies um, got in the first game in Detroit, or against Detroit, had one run, um, scored run, one run, seven, four, ten, seven, zero. Inconsistency, obviously, would be a word to describe that. Um, you look at the series um, that obviously the Detroit and then the uh, National Series. The Phillies seem to kind of, you know, it matters on which day, which day it is, because, you know, it's kind of strange that a team can score one run the one day, seven, and then four, and then ten, and then seven. You know, it's the ability for the Phillies to stay consistent. Obviously, throughout the season, is going to be huge. And then they got shut out again uh, the second time this season against the Cardinals, who are a top team in the East um, or in the uh, NL so far. So if the Phillies are able to score against, you know, better pitchers, but yet when they struggle against uh, players like uh, Miles Michaelos um, against the Cardinals, you know, you look at this team and, you know, you kind of start wondering, hey, is this a team that's built for consistency and is it just going to be a team that can only win a certain amount of games? You know, offensively, you know, you look at the players and obviously we'll touch on it um, pretty soon about Bryce Harper and kind of what his impact has been on the season. But, you know, the Phillies' ability to kind of step up to the plate and really um, just score runs. And, you know, with an offense like this, I mean, you look at this and it's been a team that uh, has been able to score, um, obviously, a lot of runs. As I mentioned, you know, we had the Phillies in Detroit seven runs and then in the National Series ten and seven. I mean, this team has the ability to score, but yet you look at it, and then, you know, there's games like last night where you get shut out against a Cardinals team that, you know, obviously has been doing well on the offensive side, but defensively or even pitching staff, you know, it's a team that you should be able to get runs on. And, you know, with the lineups with Bryce Harper, um, Reese Hoskins, Dean Segura, and Andrew McCutcheon, you've got to be able to score runs on a consistent basis because you can't depend – on players, as I mentioned, though, again, at this pitching lineup, um, you got to look at them and say they, they can do good if you give them the opportunity. The Phillies are not going to get you know, a scoreless shutout every time their starting are going to the starters are going to play. But if their ability to at least set up two, three runs and then stay um, contained to the amount, the Phillies should easily be able to score four or five runs. Not every game, of course, but. You know, being shut out twice and only in the second month, you know, that's something that you got to start questioning kind of what's the ability for the Phillies. Um, obviously, you don't want to draw to too much conclusions, only a scan, like I mentioned, second month of the season. Um, but let's talk about, like, moving forward with the Phillies. Um, you know, now you look at this month moving forward. Um, obviously, the Phillies got to finish this um, series against the Cardinals, who are, again, as I mentioned, a playoff team. They are a team that, with the addition of Paul Goldschmidt, are now a serious contender. Obviously, they have been some smaller players that they added to this team and some players that they are definitely going to move forward. But, you know, you look at this month or just look at these next four series. Obviously, the Cardinals series, you've got two games that left. You've got the Royals, who obviously have struggled, obviously, a lot. But the, the, uh, the Tigers were struggling, too. And, obviously, you look at the team, you wonder, hey, if the Phillies aren't able to win against – they've got to win the games they have to win. And that's going to be the key for this team because then the, um, the two series after that, are the Brewers and Rockies. 
Houston Rockets are both teams that are looking to make a playoff run deep into the playoffs. They're both teams that are experienced, and they are both teams that play well um, in all conditions. Um, you look at the Brewers right now. I mean, Christian Yelich, just monster home runs after monster home runs. You look at the team. I mean, they are, you know, stacked from the top to the bottom, and the Phillies are going to be tested in both of these series. You look, um, the Rockies are, of course, you know, they took three of one. Uh, they took three games from the Phillies the last time they played. Obviously, that was in Colorado, um, so obviously there was a little different conditionally uh, wise. But you know, the Phillies are going to be tested this, this next month. You know, as I meant, the next, the obviously the Cardinals and the Brewers and Rockies, three of those teams are going to make pushes. Those are going at least legit, or if they're going to prove themselves as contenders, not even contenders, but at least a confidence standpoint that they can win against these teams. You know, this is going to be huge against these teams because if you start falling behind, you know, the Mets or the Braves or even the Nationals can come up and start taking you off, and then obviously we see how simply that slope can be. So. You look at the series coming up. Um, they're in the series right now with the Phillies. Um, Aaron Nola getting the start tonight. Um, you're going to look at this team, and you got to wonder if Aaron Nola can start to go into the next phase of his development. And what, really not development, but kind of execution, as you would say, you know, just being able to deliver, deliver on every pitch. And, you know, this would be a great way, especially heading into the uh, kind of schedule they're going into, his ability to kind of step up to the plate and really just – drive in and get those strikes, you know, and it's it's obviously something that he's got to work on, um, working back into the season. But eventually there's going to be a time and a place. Um, obviously we're in May right now, so there's a time and a place when he has to start executing. And the sooner he's able to do that, the better this team's going to um, win and the more they're going to win at the end of the day. Um, and then offense coming into it. They got shut out last night. Who's going to step up? For this? Obviously Hoskins has 10 home runs already this year. And it's something that obviously we'll touch on really soon about his impact with Harper. But, you know, if it's not Hoskins, then who? And obviously a lot of the fingers are going to point to, um, to the $330 million man, uh, Bryce Harper. But can Gene Segura continue to push? And can Andrew McCutcheon come back in and really prove himself as a worthy veteran? Or not even a veteran, but someone who deems himself as a younger player. Can he come in and get results right away? Um, and then you look at the Phillies team. You got JT Vilmuto, you got uh, Franco, you got Hernandez, and you got obviously Adubo Herrera. Which one of those players can step up? Because you know what? You look at this Phillies team right now, you've got to point the finger at someone um, for the offense, and you say, can you take us through this series? And obviously, Bryce Harper is the person that, just um, justly so, is the player that they have to start looking into because right now it's not it's not the money that they are um, putting into. Um, he's batting two. Uh, 226 right now um, with six home runs, 21 RBIs. And the biggest stat, um, obviously a stat that I think if you were, if you watched Bryce Harper um, going into last season, 45 strikeouts. Um, he's on pace for, I believe, um, the fifth or sixth most strikeouts in MLB history with those kind of numbers. You know, the Phillies are going to be in a position where if their star player is striking out in the moments they need him to pit, you know, you're not, I'm not, again, Bryce Harper, it's the, well, only in May, but, you know, you look at it and you say, can he really take us to the distance? Um, that's going to be the big question. This is going to be a huge month for Bryce Harper, because um, historically, um, April and May are his stronger months. So if he's struggling in these months and he's not getting off the start, you know, 
does he ever get to it? Does is there a point when we look in the season we say, hey, Bryce Harper's the guy, you know? And obviously there's some numbers, and obviously you look back in the history, even look back at last year, Christian Yelich hit his 15th home run, I believe, in July. Um, so the, Bryce Harper obviously has time, and it's a long season. But right now, when you know the numbers compared from home in a way are huge compared um, to what he's able to produce otherwise. You look at this team, and you know Bryce Harper is the person that you got to look at, and you got to say, is he the player that can take you the distance? And so far, he has. Um, he has not, excuse me. Um, so, you know, a lot of this is going to depend on what Bryce Harper is going to be able to do. Um, you know, the ability to catch fastballs is something that honestly, per- and um, I think a lot of people are starting to get worried about because if he can't catch up to fastballs at 20, uh, 26 years old, then. 13 years of this is not going to be that fun. As you look at this team, they need someone to be that cornerstone, and already who's reaping the uh, rewards of that is Reese Hoskins. You know, and I think that's also um, to kind of give some positives on uh, what Harper's been able to do. That Hoskins has been able to take those moments that Harper's really not been able to get, and then execute on them. Because you look at Harper, and obviously, as just he could be batting um, 200. And he still has the name of Bryce Harper in what he does. Um, the Phillies are, and the opposing pitchers that he faces, are going to look at him and say, I need to give 110% to strike this guy out. Because you mess up on one pitch, you know, he's going to take it the other way. Um, and then, which then again leads to um, Hoskins. Because if Harper's getting those, um, and you're really tiring out the pitcher, and he's at least fouling balls off and getting. Um, everything out of that pitcher, Hoskins is going to get a pitch to hit. And it's the same thing with Gene Segura, that you're going to get the pitches to hit. And Hoskins, really, you look at the history, the Phillies just in his last couple of years, I mean, your eighth hitter used to be your third hitter. I mean, that's where the Phillies have been able to adjust from a lineup perspective, and that's huge. Um, and, you know, the addition of Harper, obviously him, himself is not putting up the numbers, but at least he's giving the opportunity for someone else too because – you look at this season, and Hoskins has been able to, you know, take pressure off him because he knows, and obviously he stays himself, that he doesn't have to hit a home run every at-bat. He's going to get the opportunity um, a lot more than he has in uh, previous years. And then that can, that's also going to bring you the point that other players are going to be able to hit in um, uh, Hoskins or JT Muto, and that's going to, again, affect the bottom of the lineup. You look at a Jubal Herrera or a Cesar Hernandez, where you're going to look in that team and you say, who can finish in and who can hit in, um, obviously, our, our stronger players coming in. Those are two questions that, you know, the Phillies are going to have to answer. And um, Harper's success overall with this month, and then, obviously, their ability to um, pitch and what is Aaron Nola? Those are the two players um, that I would say have the most amount of pressure going into this um, kind of next four-game series, um, including the Cardinals. And even you want to look after the Rockies, you got the Cubs, which obviously they've been on a hot streak. So you'll, you've got a lot of games to test. Is this team legit or is this team got to improve? And that's going to also impact, you know, the trade deadline. You know, are the Phillies going to look out and get a Mike Miner or get a Madison Bumgarner? Or do they even need someone, you know, on the offense side? Because obviously this is something, you know, you look at this team and you say the offense was set in the beginning. But say, you know, we look into the series and they start struggling more. Do you then look into adding another utility player? And then is there someone that you need to switch in and out? And you look at that right now, I think a lot of people would say Scott Kingery and Cesar Hernandez. 
you know, Hernandez obviously has been doing a little bit better, obviously. But you look at the team, and if Kingery's available, um, you know, it's going to be a definitely an interesting question on how he's able to manage it, manage those two players because his ability to um, situate those players in the right positions and then eventually give the player the confidence that they have the position is going to be huge for their overall success because Doc Kingery is going to play a lot of positions this year, no matter if he stays at second or if he doesn't. So you're going to look at this team and you've got to say, you know, which player am I going to move on for, from or am I going to keep them both and then fight it out for the entire season? Um, again, there's a question that James Adler is going to have to ask if this team's going to move forward in the right direction. But on the positive side of the Phillies right now, you have to look at this team and say, you know, the best has yet to come and they're still in first in the NL East. To say that this has been a perfect um, to say this has been a perfect start to the season would probably be um, an overstatement. <laughs> Obviously, you look at the first week or so, you could definitely say this was a picture-perfect uh, picture start. But then, obviously, we, we've been, you know, battling with av- uh, media- mediocrity, really, in the last month or so. And then even you look at some, obviously, some uh, injury history that the Phillies are up on and then some low performances, but yet they still have some players like Michael Franco, who's continuing um, throughout the season to continue to get numbers that are, you know, not just for an eighth um, hitter, but for the NL right now. I mean, he's been able to just mash the ball and get the power that the Phillies need right now at the bottom of the lineup. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of things that this Phillies team right now is going to improve on because we lo- we looked at this team and, you know, they've brought down, and I think there was definitely an understatement on the impact that Nick Pavetta kind of sending down what kind of message they sent to the organization and to the fans that when they sent down Nick Pavetta, they would not have, they weren't going to give him time to develop in the uh, major leagues. They wanted to win now. So I think there's definitely a confidence that Phillies fans should have that if their team is starting to struggle or if there's a player that is not performing to the well expectation in a period of time, they will do something to change that. Not something dramatic as trade them right away, but maybe they switch the order up, or maybe they switch the rotation, or they maybe option someone. I mean, there's obviously options that the Phillies are going to have uh, moving forward, and I think the confidence that this team's going to win and they're going to want to win now, I think, is a huge thing. That obviously, if you look in the past and just last season, you know, there was a reason why the Phillies didn't go all in last year. You know, obviously they were in the first um, place for a majority of the season. But the team and the organization didn't go all in because they knew they were overplaying um, their kind of card right now. So they realized, you know what, this year probably is the year that nothing is guaranteed that if, you know, the Phillies start to heat up or if someone starts to, you know, underestimate their kind of value, the Phillies will replace them or move them. That's something that I think as a Phillies fan you have to be excited about moving forward because the Phillies are going to be able to, score and if they don't they will find someone to do it and if they can't pitch then they will find someone who will be able to put in that position and I think that's a lot of positivity that you can look into um, moving over the season Um, and to wrap up kind of this whole concept of this next month please will be tested and this is a lot of teams that you know as I mentioned the Cardinals this series the Brewers in two and then the Rockies in three series now are going to be series where the Phillies have to win and they have to prove that they can win against better teams. Um, you can't win the season in May, but you can prove a, you can lose the season in May. And that's obviously a saying that obviously you look into in MLB. Um, teams will not be able to. You can't 
there's no uh, there's no month. So if the Phillies are able to get results, and obviously the results are going to have to be wins, and they're going to have to win some series that they probably are going to be overmatched in. Because you look at those teams, I mean, the, the the Cardinals right now. I mean, could you say the Cardinals are a better team than the Phillies right now? I mean, that would be a hard argument to make, but it could be an argument that you do make. So if you're able to beat these teams like the Brewers, the Rockies, where they know and they understand that nothing is guaranteed for this season and they're playing for everything they got, you know, they, that's going to be something that the Phillies are going to have to win and they're going to have to win now. And that's going to be something that you look at this season and it's going to be def, uh, definitely something to uh, look forward to. But this kind of wraps up the fan cast uh, for – Baseball Podcast Network. So, again, thank you for listening in. This is Mason Bayless filling in for your host. Um, thank you, and have a great night. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? When I bought a ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning? Jackson on him. I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose ain't this captain. I'm lieutenant. I'm the type cannon. Casting grind like I'm produced by Benson Fexer. Fancast is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram. Mason, at Philadelphia, underscore sports, underscore chronicle, and FanCast, at FanCastBPN. For more FanCast content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.